0: Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. Today is a topic I believe is not spoke about much in churchianity. And because it's neglected by many, most do not fully understand the significance God intended for this wonderful work in humanity to be. Since God's work is essential to the life of the disciple of Jesus, then every disciple of Jesus should be talking about it. The question I have, if it's not in one's discussions, Is it void from their existence? Because without God's work, one will live with many good intentions. But at the end of the day, you're on the same road going the same direction. I pray after today, you will be encouraged to live out God's word, will, and work in your life as a disciple that's set apart by God. Today is about the gift of God called salvation. You got your tanks? Let's dive in. I've titled this podcast, What is Salvation? So, first I must ask you, has anyone ever asked you about salvation from God? Or, if they did, how would you answer? Well, the answer is quite simple if you base it on God's Word. The answer only becomes convoluted when we add our own two cents. Salvation is when God moves into your life and causes you to see and hear something you've never seen or heard before, Him and His voice. Many will deceive you to believe it's your own salvation and you set it in motion. Well, be careful, because salvation is from God, and He brings it to you, because Before God saves you, quite frankly, you ain't got no salvation. And when he does, it's a wonderful blessing to possess. And I'm here to tell you, when you get it from him, you got to do something with it. Salvation is a conversion process. It's where God causes you to change from something you were old, to something distinctly different, new. If you tuned into my last podcast, My Damascus Road Experience, you heard 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. This creature is two distinctively different beings. The one that is old and now the one that is new. So salvation is deliverance. Here's a question. What are we delivered from? So let me first say, look at salvation as deliverance. And deliverance is the process of being saved. So now that begs me to ask another question then well what are we saved from well we're saved from ourselves that'd be one thing your own selfish needs desires and so forth but we are saved from living in the power control and influence of sin that's One of the things for sure we're saved from before God brings salvation to us. We are under the power, control, and influence of sin. We are saved from our own sins and therefore we are also saved from the shame and the guilt of them and I don't know about you but I can only speak for myself there's a shame and guilt when sin is committed when God comes to your tent he brings salvation with him because he was is and will always be the author of our eternal salvation and this salvation is never ending Can I get an amen on God's salvation? If you have picked up at least one thing in my podcast, and I'm hoping there's more, but if you've picked up one thing, then you will recognize that it will be centered around and based on God's word, because as a disciple of Jesus, and this has been since the first converts till today, God's words are the only words that are really important and they really matter. So, where we're headed today is Luke 19, 1-9, titled, Zacchaeus Converted. Now, I know that you, chances are, may not have it with you, but if you got an opportunity, flip over to Luke 19, 1-9. But I'm going to read it to you because I think you'll understand the context by which we're really talking about today and you're gonna see some amazing work done by God so Luke 19 1 through 9 listen to this he entered Jericho and was passing through and there was a man called by the name of Zacchaeus he was a chief tax collector and he was rich Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was and was unable because of the crowd, for he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree in order to see him, for he was about to pass through that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for today I must stay at your house. And he hurried and came down and received him gladly. When they saw it, they all began to grumble, saying, He is gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will give back four times as much. And jesus said to him today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of abraham so of course you know i'm going to comment on the fact of what jumped off the page but i think as we through the power of the holy spirit get our minds illuminated god makes it very clear that's why it's wonderful to read his word He makes it very clear as to what really happened that day. So, for me, it was, he entered. Well, they're talking about Jesus. He entered, so God moves. Then Zacchaeus moved. He ran. Jesus looked up and said, God moves. And Zacchaeus moved, because he hurry down so when you look at it and jesus says and today salvation has come to this house well jesus brought salvation with him when salvation comes to your tent you change zacchaeus was a man who was under the power influence, and control of sin. He was deceptive, selfish, and greedy. So he satisfied his own fleshly desires and stole from his fellow man so that he could make his bank account fat. And as we heard in verse 8, Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I will give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I will give it back four times as much. Salvation causes the change. It causes the stop, so to speak. You stop going down that path. You stop looking at pornography. You stop committing adultery you stop stealing you stop lying you stop defrauding you stop god causes you to stop and then you change behold lord half of my possessions i will give to the poor and if i defrauded anything any one of anything excuse me i will give back four times as much Salvation causes the change because immediately Zacchaeus stopped. There's no thinking or processing or considering in salvation. God causes the change, and the old, selfish, deceptive, greedy has become new. Give to the poor and those whom he stole from yesterday. He would not only give back, but he would also quadruple the return. So you see, there's a man who is greedy and selfish, is now giving. That can't happen with just thinking it through. Because if you thought it through, well, you know, I'll just give him back what I took from him. No, that's not how it works. God's work is amazing. You begin to do things that you would never have done before. Can you see it? This is what God says happens when salvation comes to your tent. You change. You really do. It's not a psychological, mental thing. It's a spiritual thing. You're born again. You've made new. You change. Now, as a result of this new life, Zacchaeus now becomes a blessing to his house. I mean, I would only expect that if you're the guy and everybody knows that you're stealing from them, how is the family treated whenever they go anywhere? How is he treated? But now becoming a blessing to his house? I would expect that it was those he encountered also. He now extends grace. He now extends mercy. He now extends forgiveness and love, which were not characteristics of a man under the power and control of sin. I need an amen here. I, I know, based on how I was, how God changed me, because I was like Zacchaeus, except I didn't steal large amounts from people but arrogant, condescending, lying. I don't think God looks at things as saying, well, you have to steal a million dollars to be a thief. But salvation is a wonderful work of God. That day Zacchaeus became a disciple of Jesus. And I would venture to say Zacchaeus began discipling everywhere with the fresh set of eyes that he was given. Can you see how the power of God works in humanity? So, as we begin to head back up, I want you to know there is a difference between salvation and sanctification. And obviously, that'd be something that we could really dive into. We just skim the surface on salvation, believe that. I mean, salvation is mentioned 158 times in God's Word. So, it's a deep subject. We just skim the surface, although we were below the surface just a bit. You've heard what salvation is, and sanctification is, Is quite simple it's a life that has been set apart by God so it brings forth a natural question set apart from what well you're set apart from yourself that's number one you're set apart from the power and control of sin number two and you're set apart from those who are rebellious people toward God So, God sets you apart. So, to just give you a basic, simple explanation of sanctification, there are three phases. Positional, progressive, and ultimate. Position is that. stopping spot in your life it's a point where you stop so positionally you were going down the road that was really leading you away from god god in his mercy and love for you extended grace and you stopped in your tracks so positional is the immediate work of God bringing salvation to you. He moves into your life and causes you to change, and that change is immediate, and sin loses its power over you. Now you are under the power, will, and work of God, and the Spirit of God then begins moving in your life. Can I get an amen for positional? Because without it, the progressive and the ultimate are never going to happen. Guaranteed. So, as positional takes its effect, you stop on the road. You now turn toward God. It's not like you turn and it's a fork in a road it's a totally different direction could be left could be right could be completely around the other way but you are now going in the direction that God wants you to go in not your own way not your own desires it's God's way God's desires God's will being carried out in your life so progressive is the ongoing process and now that the power and practice of sin is broken and may I say praise God for that is the phase where you grow now as a disciple of Jesus your desires change your habits change your language changes you begin to live the life God has intended for you to live You begin to read, study, and meditate on God's word because there has been a desire placed in you to want to be like Jesus. Because he's the ultimate on how to be. And we can be like him. Yes, it is hard to be like Jesus, yes, it is difficult. To be like Jesus because we still have this sinful nature, but it is no longer in control of me anymore. So I do desire to be like Jesus. And if this isn't being like him, then I don't know what it is because he is talking about the kingdom of God and I'm talking about him. So it isn't really about the things that are going on around us. Those are all there to distract you from what the truth really is, to keep you away from God. So anything that's going to impede you from growing in the knowledge of the only true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent, you've got to see that as a means to keep you from the truth. You know, the God of this world is blinding the minds of the unbelieving. So when you desire to be like Jesus, expect challenges. Sin may still be present in your life, yes, because you have a sinful nature. But because you have the Spirit of God living in you now, it doesn't have the power and control over you anymore. Praise God for that. And of course, and finally, is the ultimate. And the ultimate, you are now in the presence of God. And in the presence of God, there is no longer the presence of sin. Amen. So, as we conclude today, I just feel so moved. And I hope there's someone who truly desires to want to know more about this wonderful work of God. Let me pray for you. Abba, we love you and we thank you for today. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, we know that that place was ordained for you to come to Zacchaeus's house that day. I know that there was an ordained day for me and there'll be someone that is listening that'll say, yes, I have a day as well. And Lord, I just ask that today there is a day ordained for someone else that's at the end of this voice listening and desiring and wanting to know more about you. Wanting salvation to come to their house because you placed that desire, just like you placed a desire in Zacchaeus because you knew him from the foundation of the world. You know all of us from the foundation of the world and you put that desire in him to move. He was a wealthy man. He could have just paid someone to create space for him. But no, he desired to see. So he climbed up in a tree. And yet, regardless of how many people were around you, you saw him. You can see us in the crowd. And although he was up in the tree, it wouldn't matter for you because you can see everywhere and everyone that the one today, Lord, that is looking to you with the eyes that are overwhelmed with pride or overwhelmed with selfishness or overwhelmed with the sin that you would be merciful, Lord, and touch their heart and bring salvation to their house today. I thank you for today. I thank you for this time I thank you for those who have responded. And I thank you for Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I am hopeful that today was something that has brought forth some clarity to you. And you're someone who truly desires to want to know the truth. And therefore, living out that truth, and you become someone where you proclaim that salvation has come to your tent well you have a great week of worship and know the lord's loving kindness indeed never cease for his compassions never fail they're new every morning great is your faithfulness have a great week of worship and keep walking the way